Welcome to The Truth in This Art. Thank you for joining us as we delve into conversations that bridge arts, culture, and community. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today, today is going to be a good one. Today's episode, uh, we're engaging with a guest whose artistic journey weaves through acting, writing, and educating, shaping the landscape of theater and beyond, a talent that has flourished from the halls of Suitland High School and to the stages at the Kennedy Center and a Studio Theater. Her narrative is a testament to passion, resilience, and creativity. Please welcome Kashana Johnson. Welcome to the podcast. Um, thank you for for joining us on this podcast. Um, and uh, this is going to be great. So I want to start off with a very like sort of introductory conversation kind of question or what have you before we get into the real like topics so um you know acting education writing all of those great <laughs> things but could you share with us sort of one of those like early early experiences whether it would be with with acting like more pointed or with like creativity generally i got some sub questions in there but i at least want to start off with that piece yeah, um, it's funny because I, I was thinking about this the other day and I was like, oh, well, my first job actually um, calls for all of those things, um, education, youth, uh, creativity, performance, all of that. Um, and I, I didn't even realize that my first job at 15, I uh, got into a children's theater troupe. Um, but we uh, it was it was it was uh, when I moved down to Maryland, Harmony Hall in Fort Washington had a Troop, I forgot the name of it now, but um, and it was a summer program, and we would go and we would write. You would you would co-write a script with the director and with the lead writer, um, and it was a group of us teens who were the performers. But we would just improv, and based off of what we were doing in rehearsals, the writer like wrote out a like a, a skeleton of a of a script, and then as we continued to rehearse, um, we would just like advocate for certain things that we actually wanted in, in the script, but also we were allowed to contribute in that way. So it was that, and then we would go on tour for the summer and we would go to different community centers and different schools and, and things like that, where you had kids for, who were like anywhere from like five up until like teens yeah. um, in, in summer camps and things like that. So it was a, it was a wide range um, of kids that we were working with, but we'd also like bring them into the show as well. Um, and so I think that's where it started. Um, before that, I did have like a, not a so great experience of auditioning. I auditioned for The Wiz when I was like seven um, and it was terrible. Um, it was, I just completely bombed it. Um, and that was my first time ever stepping into audition space. I didn't know that I wanted to act, quote unquote. Um, and that scarred me up until <laughs> high school. Like I didn't do, I did not touch theater. I did not think about acting until high school um, and into that, into that program. So I think that's where the foundation was set. I love working with kids. Um, I think it just poured into me in a very specific way that just it, or reignited whatever I thought I'd lost for uh, art creativity. Um, and so that's kind of where it began, I would say, for sure. And then going to Suitland, meeting my um, theater teacher at the time, Lashante Clay, uh, she poured into us in a very specific way. And um, that kept me on the journey. And I'm here or whatever. <laughs> I, I like that. I like that. And I like that you're, you're kind of teasing the next question. So good on you. It's like you got the questions beforehand. Who knows? Um, ah, ka, ka, ka. So... <laughs> 
it, it still is in it. And and I and I like that, you know, being able to revisit something where it's almost, and I'll use a comic reference, it's almost like returning to Crime Alley and the whole Batman parlance. It's like this is where something really uh, tragic or performative tragic or uh pivotal in one's life has happened like for for batman it's his family was you know was killed and that's what began his ascent to batman and you know having that instance when you're young and you're like i want to do this this is going to be great and it's like no i don't think it's for you bro i don't think it's for you sis i i had that um and i wanted to be an illustrator you know when i was younger that's what my path was going to be and I ended up going to an art school doing the whole entrance test. And it was just like, nah, you're kind of mid. And I just stopped. And I think as an adult and in part doing this, working through the creative demons, as you, if you will, I've been able to revisit that, but maybe in a slightly different way. Instead of drawing, I'm not a young man anymore. Well, I am, but I'm, I'm not young. You I'm not young in that way that I want to do the whole thing. I do a lot of interviews. I do a lot of podcasts, but I don't know if I have the energy to draw a whole comic, which I was doing then, but I'm writing comics now. So I'm able to revisit that thing in a different way. Your creativity is your creativity. Period. Absolutely. And I, I, I will also add, like, even running away from art, turning your back to it or, run, or finding something else, it always finds you, though. Like, you know, and I'm a true believer also, like, like you said, like it's a part of you, who you are, your passion. Like, I don't think it's something that you can just escape from, even if it like reintroduces itself in a, a different form or a different fashion. So, so talk about a little bit, like when you, you had that realization, like, I really want to be in this sort of space as broadly as it is from the art, from, from the, uh, the acting standpoint, from the, you know, education standpoint, it's like, all right, I know I really want to do this. Like not necessarily making the leap, but you're like, all right, I'm going to have to make a leap eventually. You're looking at it. You're like, there's the precipice. There's that ledge I have to jump off of. And, you know, we we talk about like overnight success and all of that different stuff. And, you know, I told folks, like I'm coming up on 15 years of doing podcasting. And wow. it's been a long time. Congratulations. And, That's thank amazing. Thank you. Um, But coming to that point where, and, I, and I've said this to people recently. I remember going across the street from a job I had I didn't really like and making decent money, but didn't really like it. But I had the discretionary income where I could just take this $500 I had on me to go get some microphones and an interface and just start messing around with audio, being self-taught. That's what it was for me. And making some of those decisions later and then, you know, seeing how much time I'm investing in it. You know, that's where I'm sort of like, all right, are you really doing this? Or are you just kind of faking it? So what is what was that sort of point for you where, you know, okay, I'm, I'm doing this. This this is where I'm at. I'm putting my time. I'm, I'm I'm like not going to these, you know, these hangs. I'm not, you know, I'm putting money in this area versus that area. Tell me about that. Wow, that's a great question. <laughs> that's a great question. Um, when did I pull myself up and say get it together? Um, wow, 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 wow. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, uh, mm, that's a great question because I feel like I've just kind of been in it for a while where I'm like, did I, ha I mean, I'm, I've, I've had those moments in process, right? If any process where you get a little scary, like, can I do this? Sure. But as, as far as choosing this, well, mm, okay. I'll say two points. One point had to be when I auditioned for Suitland, like, 
I, I wasn't necessarily like, you got to do this, but I, um, a woman came to the, to the school and did a presentation um, and was promoting Suitland's Visual Performer Arts Program. And it just felt, it was like one of those like power presentations. I don't know if anybody knows that who's listening. But back in the day, we had this thing called PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> <laughs> and um it just it was so magical it seemed so grand like how they put it together and i was like oh my god i, I have to go here um but i was going down the list and i was like well i can't do any of the other things i don't play an instrument i can't dance i can't i mean you know i can't uh paint i don't you know i don't like well gosh theater i guess i gotta do this thing again and um let's try it and um I actually didn't put a lot of pressure on it because I'd been away from it so long. And I was like, honestly, this is the last time. If I don't get into the school, it's not meant for me. Mm -hmm. So I kind of went into it in that way. And that did change everything for me. Um, but I would say the second time I decided to do this was when I left college um, because I I was doing great in school. I've always been honor roll, honor society in college, like a student, blah, blah, blah. But my first year, I was bored. I was mm. like, I don't want to take all these gen ed classes. I'm spending money I don't have. I had to figure out how to pay for college. My family couldn't pay for me. Like, that's what it was. Um, and I was like, and I'm not really getting into my acting classes as of yet. You don't really dive into those your first year as a freshman, whatever. And I was like, and I'm paying how much for what? So I, I so after my first year, I was like, if I'm going to do this, if this is what I want to do, I'm not going to spend my money uh, giving it to the university. Like, I'm just not. Because academia, I don't want to do that. I need to be out here, like, living it in real life. You know what I mean? And so I dropped out. And I just hit the pavement, like, figuring it out on my own. Um, and that's, yeah, that was that was that jump for me, I think, was the moment. I was like, this is, this is real life. Thank you. Wow, that is... That's that's big. I mean, when you, you get to that spot, you realize like, nope, that's not the path. That's not the direction yeah. I want to go in. And, you know, I, I hear different things. I've tried to do some acting stuff here and there. And, you know, I've talked to casting directors and things of that and, and, and folks that are in the, the industry, producers and so on. And, you know, they talk about sort of being available. That's one of those traits of like just you know, you, you get the job a lot of the time by having those good relationships, that good work ethic, being there, being on time, all of that stuff. But what I'm always hearing at it is, and even sort of hitting the pavement, having those reps, picking up those, those, those opportunities. Like, you know, I was listening to a, um, it's a guy talking about being successful in podcasting. And when he mentioned the number of podcasts he's done in the 11 years he's been doing it. The number was in the thousands. I think he said almost 5,000 episodes. He does a much shorter podcast, but still it's a daily podcast. Wow. And he's like, it's about the reps. He's like, I'm always doing something. He's like, you want to have a person that, you know, whatever the creative thing is, it's just like, I'm not really putting time towards it. And when you have that sort of extra pressure of, well, I got to do this now. This is now my thing. You, you don't have sort of the the safety net. You're doing other things, I would imagine, to kind of exist. But, you know, there's something that's taking priority. Yeah, I agree with that. It is the reps. And you know what? Maybe because I have more of a, um, a discipline in this field as far as theater and acting. But like bringing up podcasts and things. I mean, when we were in the pandemic, a lot, you know, there was nothing for us to do. Or, you know, um, and everyone was, you know, 
wanting to do a podcast and, and all that. And I had started and 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 even before this, I remember finding like a old thing on YouTube I did back in like 2010. And I was like, what is this? It was a trailer that I did for this. I didn't know it was a podcast at the time, but this thing that I wanted to do with other artists and I like, like on my old computer. And I was like, this is crazy. I was like, wow, it's never seen the light of day. That's bananas. But it is what you're saying. It's like, you gotta keep, you know, you gotta keep at it. You gotta keep doing the work or creating something and you'll get there. But it's, it's really hard. And listen, high five to you 15 years, because I, I don't even know what that is. Like, I dippled and dabbled and pressed record and play like a number of times on my hand. So um, I think to keep that type of consistency up, especially because it is like your machine, it's you doing the thing. Yeah. So, so where does that sort of like worth that work ethic, your, your approach to, you know, seeking out opportunities, you know, to paying, paying attention and, and focus on your craft come from, um, Mine comes from, you know, my parents, really. You know, I was one of those kids that I was always trying to do something creative. And I would always have like, oh, right, I got to do the actual work. Let me hurry up and get this B on this test. I could get an A, but I'd rather rush through the test in like 20 minutes, just kind of go straight down the center. I was like, oh, there's a B. So I could draw for the rest of the class or work on writing rhymes when I was a rapper briefly. We won't talk about that. But- oh, wait, wait. You can't just... You can't just say that and then move on. It wasn't good. It was high school. <laughs> but wait, what was the what was the name? What was the name? <laughs> you must say it. It it, it was uh, Nam Mecca. Yeah. Nam Mecca. Yeah, I used to always wear Mecca the clothing line. Yeah, yeah. Wow! Wow! Yeah. And I had a lot of hair then too, and it was very lush and curly. So just imagine this. So you just had like a fro, and that yes, you look some Mecca. Yes, yes. <laughs> but um, I did that. I did it. <laughs> but but in it, you know, sort of, I was one of those kids that. I wouldn't really miss time from school because like this was the thing I was supposed to be doing. And now I kind of approach what my responsibilities, whether it be creative, whether it be professional in that same way of like, you know, don't just, you know, mess around on what you need to do get your, get yourself done, you know, have your purpose, follow your purpose, whether creative or professional. So, so for you, where does, where does that come from when you're like pursuing work, when you're, you know, working in education, like, where does that come from when it relates, as it relates to your work? I think from having to figure it out on my own all my life, like I, and I know that's, no, it doesn't sound like anything. It sounds like what it is. Uh, like it, it just, it, I'm a middle child. I have three older brothers. I have three little sisters, right? So I'm smack dab in the middle. Um, I'm also very nomadic. I'm also like, I, I'm, I feel like I'm the black sheep of my family in terms of artists because I am the only like performing artist in my family. Um, So a lot of it was just me being the first or the only one to like navigate certain spaces. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and, and seeing the the problem or seeing the, the, the drive or what I want to do, the passion and then figuring out, okay, so how do we, how do we get there or how do we get what's in here out or what's in here? How do we, how do we um, access that? Um, and so I've been my manager all my career. Like I've never had a manager up until this point. Um, kind of sort of for like two seconds, which wasn't real. You know, I can talk about it. Um, I can say no names. <laughs> it was like a real quick, it was like a real quick, no. <laughs> um, but, you know, 
not to skip ahead, but like I have represent, I have agents now. I still don't have a manager, but up until this point, even deciding to leave school and deciding to figure out, okay, wh- what I have to do, uh, what spaces do I have to be in? How can I continue to learn? Um, I was just always seeking that out. Um, and I feel like the seeking out of that was, is, a, is the work at, like, because it depends on how much you want it, right? We can, um, well, no, it depends on the, I mean, faith without works is dead, right? We can want something, we can love something, but if we're not putting action to it, um, or supporting that desire, it, it's kind of hard for it all to kind of like, you know, um, materialize. And so I've just always been the one to like, I need something and it looks like I'm the only one <laughs> <laughs> who can one give it to me and or or who has that much uh passion and desire for the thing um now my family's super supportive of me they they they're they're great um as far as that and loving me through this journey but yeah i i think it's the solo dolo thing i think it's just really living that out um, since I was a youngin, I mean, even, you know, kind of stepping in the role of like sister mother, but being in that role a lot of my life. Um, yeah. So I think that that's what prepared me to like get or or, or um, have the relationship to what work is. What does that look like to Kashana and like developing that muscle um, and that discipline? I, I hear you. I, I relate to that a lot in, in doing this and putting it out like the the moment where, you know, I'm talking with someone and they're like, yeah, well, what you should do is this. I was like, nah, I think I'm good. I think I, I think I know what my plan is going to be and kind of accepting what comes with it. You know what I mean? Where if it's yeah. just like, you know, I want to do this. This is my vision. And, and, and I'm an Aquarius. Right. So I use this. I'm like, I'm riding that wave whatever it is. And it's the sort of creative wave. I've called it the creative Holy ghost, but whatever it is, I'm following that sort of path. And, you know, it's just like, I already have certain things that are baked in like the work ethic and how I go about things, but it's just like finding that direction. And a lot of times seeking it out because there is sort of no framework really sitting there. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm, you know, not necessarily I'll share it this way. I have two older siblings that I met when I was like a teenager. My dad has two older kids. So I was the older brother for a long time. And then when my siblings came along, it's like, you're now the middle kid. I was like, I'm always the oldest kid. That was sort of my energy. (laughs) And that personality trait, that's very much how I go about things. And, you know, when you you mentioned the thing about having like the, the family that's very supportive, but it's like, they they don't have that same sort of, this is, it's kind of the same for me when I say, hey, I'm going to hop on a train and go to Philadelphia to record a bunch of podcasts. They're like, why are you spending your money doing that? I was like, mm-hmm. because I have the money to do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of fun. It's 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 kind of what that is. And, you know, when you have folks, it's like they're going to get it. They're going to like dig it from a certain vantage point. But when you're out here like, look, I'm in I got to do this thing with my hair today. I got to like wear this makeup <laughs> I'm in this movie. You know, I'm going to be on this stage. They're like, all right, be be careful. Yeah. <laughs> what do you say to that? Right, it's okay. Have fun. Have fun. I get have fun a lot. Um, <laughs> I get I get have fun a lot, and I'm like, thanks. 
just going to work. But, you know, but yes, I, I should be having fun at work. Like, absolutely. Yeah, it is. It's just like that support. But like, also, it's cool that they don't really get it. Like, it's fine. I'm fine with it. Like, my mom still asks like the same top three questions every time we get on the phone. And I'm like, girl, <laughs> like, <laughs> there was, um, there was one instance where I had my dad, I do a movie review podcast outside of this and I'd oh, fun. Him, oh yeah, I'll, I'll share it with you after it's, yes, it's please. And, and we were talking about it. I remember growing up, I was like, dad, remember you had us watch all these old Van Damme movies with you? He's like, yeah. So we were sitting there my childhood. Okay. doing a podcast <laughs> together. He and I about double impact. <laughs> wow. He barely talked. He was like, Oh, this is actually hard. He was like, I thought you just get on here and BS. I was like, oh no, I got like questions and notes and research. <laughs> I actually, that's genius. That's genius in that way to like find a way to, I mean, other than like, well, for me, it's other than my family coming to see my show to think about a way to kind of uh, include them in my, in my world without it feeling like I'm, teaching you about something but it's like you know more of an active way to see like what their ends are i mean like everyone loves movies but i'm not on the big screen yet you know and i think that that's really well because <laughs> it's like my mom obviously understands the theater thing because she was with me when i was younger and junior in high school and seeing a lot of my shows but like family to them it's like wait what tv show are you on or what movie are you on it's like oh my god y'all are <laughs> y'all have no idea what that question does <laughs> to actors <laughs> It's like, uh. Like, uh. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'm, I guess I'm really not successful because I haven't, <laughs> can't watch me yet. So I don't know. I used to, um, no, to you were thrown there. So you're like on the radio, right? I was like, not at all, actually. Uh, define radio. I'll say stuff like that. Define it. Yeah. Because it is, it is sort of that, you know, the, the top tier thing. And it's like, look, I'm, I'm working. That's just what it is. I'm, I'm working. Um, so I definitely want to ask you this. Um, so so going back, you know, as you are, are traversing and getting into this stage, like in the more like recent history, is there like a moment, like a sort of pivotal moment or a project um, that significantly shaped like where you're at now and maybe how you go about like, all right, this is a project that I think really is going to be something that I'm interested in, or this is a gig that I really want to do because it has this criteria. Well, there are two of those. There's one that I wasn't in at all, um, but it was something that inspired me um, when I saw it. And in a, in a very visceral way that I think was just like a huge shift in me as an artist. I saw <clears throat> years ago, I wanna say, was it 2011 maybe? Um, at Arena Stage in DC, I saw a production of Ruins by Lynn Nottage. Um, and this amazing actress, she's on Broadway right now, I believe still doing uh, uh, Harry Potter, The Cursed Child, but this amazing actress, Black British actress, Jenny Jules. She was Mama Nandi, the lead in Ruins. And when I say from the beginning of the show to like the curtain call, she had me just, I mean, the entire production was amazing. The entire cast was amazing. The way it was staged was amazing. It's, it was in the Fitch Handler, which is an arena uh, styled all in the round. So already you have to be on a different level to be able to engage and to keep 
the audience in the round and not leave anyone out. And this play, um, very heavy, um, if people know it, but um, her performance was just so captivating and so honest and so just like, and I just remember at the, 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 the curtain call after the show, when she stepped out in that center stage and the way the sold out, it's like over 600 seats in there. Everyone was on their feet and the way that they were just praising what this woman just did and the way she stood there and received it. I had never seen a black woman, a black actress in that space before. And I just, I couldn't even stand up. I sat in my chair and I just like wept. And I was like, I don't know what's happening. And I, it was just so, so that has has touched me in a very specific way because it's less about like the superficiality of, oh, people are clapping for me and they're here for me. And it's about really stepping into, uh, being able to be present for a moment where you have literally like touched an entire, I mean, one person is enough. I always say if I reach some one person, that's enough. But to have that type of, power um it's 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 a huge responsibility i think as an artist but also it's a huge blessing and affirmation to receive that you are doing the thing and you are in in alignment with like your purpose so that changed me i was like if i ever what, what i don't know what that project is yet for me i have not stepped into it yet um but i will know it when it happens um, and then just being able to do the last show, I, I, I understudied at Roundabout. So that was my first New York uh, off-Broadway show. And we just closed on Sunday. And I, I got a chance to actually go on three times. So I had an official off-Broadway debut. Um, but this was great to be around the artists I was around here in New York and at this time because they were just so beautiful and so talented. And I got to be in space with Tony-nominated actors and the Nicole Ari Parker, who's just gorgeous. And every day I would just be like, I can't. But to watch her and process this whole time and to to talk to her and learn from her, that, that's been probably one of my most recent moments of like, <gasps> Uh, <laughs> um, and I'm I'm just very grateful. But yeah, those would be the two. And and congratulations on that recent debut off Broadway. Shout out to you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> we need more. We need more. Yeah, more. I'm gonna send this to everyone. What, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like universe, yes. More. <laughs> and it, and and the thing is, when 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 it comes in, it's just like you know having the, some of the stuff that we touched on earlier. Just just being ready to receive that and being equipped to receive that, um, you know, there are so many different gigs that float over that are tangentially connected where, you know, that come from this podcast. I, I mentioned earlier, like there there was this um, TV show that I was I did I did um, a scene for, but the scene was cut. But I was like there for the production and seeing all of this different stuff. And I'm like, oh, and the sort of root of it was I interviewed the guy that wrote the book. And I know the casting director because I also interviewed them and went to the school. Uh, we went to school together in high school when I was a rapper. And um, and she was like, she's hit me one day. She's like, Rob, do you want to be a drug dealer? I was like, yeah, sure. That's cool. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. And, and and it was just like just the sort of connection. It was the uh, the We Own This City show that was on HBO. And oh, nice. it's like my scene wasn't in it, but I was just like, oh, right. I was around this and around these different folks. And sometimes just kind of being in the scene and in the scene, like like the grouping and being in um, being around and in fellowship with folks who do something who are from a certain community, creative community, there's something about that that really hits. Um, you know, I'm doing some interviews with comedians 
And I remember yeah. it was one day I, I was sitting there, um, it was an art festival, and I'm sitting there um, in this um, comedy club and everyone's getting ready. You've seen all of the nervous energy, all of the preparation, all of that different stuff. And they asked me, it's like, so you're, when do you go on? I was like, oh no, I'm I'm just like here observing mm-hmm. for interviews. You know, like I'm not a comedian. And, and but but having that sort of energy, like, no, nah, you're kind of sitting here with us. I think you are one. And then always getting that nudge, you should do improv, you should do this, you should do that. And I'm like, I do, I do this. Um, but I, I, I suppose being around and being in it and being able to talk with the different folks, there's something about that. And it's something about being around that sort of energy, you know, mm-hmm. like it, it's, it's something about it. Like naturally I gravitate towards the stage despite being afraid of it. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And those things, and what you're talking about, what that is, like being in the space, it's something that can't be taught. Like you have to, you, you like you said, you have to be present for it. You have to be in the space. You have to, um, yeah, immerse yourself in the world of the thing because it, it does inform your art. It does inform like skill, skill, and all that stuff. Actually, both of those feel like I've never said it that way before. That was weird. <laughs> it's the Maryland so, connection. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Got a little twang from my years there. Yeah. I mean, look, I've been told that I don't have a, a Baltimore or a Maryland accent. So whatever. Well, you said Baltimore. You said Baltimore. I heard the T. I yeah, feel like yeah. that's different. Usually you don't hear the T. I've been told told by a guest that I had on who's a linguistics professor. I was like, where's this crisp accent from? Oh, wow. That's like Murray State University in East Baltimore. (laughs) The merge. And also, do you think it has anything from doing podcasts for 15 years? Like there's something about, I mean, I would imagine so. I think that's, I think it's a piece of it. Um, and I think, um, I, I'll say this, my, my partner who I referenced before we got started, she pointed out the one thing that I say that sounds real Baltimore. And I was like, look, you can kick rocks. She's like, what's what this orange thing? I was like, orange. She's like, you, you, you don't say orange. You say orange. First of all, that's funny. Cause people make fun of me when I say orange all the time. <laughs> All the time, it's orange and coffee. And I didn't, and and like coffee is like they, I feel like they exaggerate, but it's orange coffee. There was something else, someone in my cast asked me the other day to say, and I was like, walk away from me. (laughs) What is with that? Yeah. So you say, say it again. Orange. Orange. It's almost like like, it's a CH at the end. I was going to say, like, (laughs) it's not orange. Okay. I don't say, okay. Orange. Well, maybe I do. Wait, orange. But so, but in it, it's it's almost a good segue right here, right? Where, and 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 this this makes sense, I think. Where like this is just what I sound like, but I think there are some instances where we we sort of adjust for that that audience, what have you. Um, like for instance, when I have to get on stage and I'm doing like a live podcast or doing a movie screening or something along those lines, I have to be cognizant that. I'm in front of people. I have to gesticulate. I have to have some presence or what have you. Whereas here. I'm moving my hands a lot, but I'm just sitting in a chair, maybe wearing pants, maybe not. Who knows? Sure. I'm comfortable. I'm cozy guy. <laughs> right. So in, in, from a performance standpoint, what, what would you say like that sort of growth component has been for you? Um, like where you're at now, you maybe think back on like earlier work as far as like maybe the blocking or how you were presenting yourself on stage. It could even be in auditions, but thinking about sort of maybe some of those challenges early on and where you're at now. What do you think comparatively? Trust that I've done the work. 
that and and that is really the answer for me. I wish it was like more deep. Um, but <laughs> I mean, it is because honestly, I think it's so funny because like people rehearse and you practice and you, you know, you you're preparing for the performance and the thing. And it's like, you get to the performance and then suddenly short nerves and things like that. That's because you care about the performance. That's what, that's what it means to me. Does it mean that you're not capable or that you're going to bomb? It means that you care and what you are presenting and sharing with the audience. Um, but it's interesting that we get to that point and it's like, so what happened to all those weeks or months of work? Like, we're just going to throw it out the window. And so I had to like get to a place where I trusted myself. Yeah. Trusted me. Everything else isn't the stage crews doing their jobs. Your scene partners got you. The audience is going to receive it the way that they, that has nothing to do with you. They're going to receive the story however they're going to receive it. Um, but trust that you got it. You've been working it this long. It's in your bones. You got the blocking. Don't um, psych yourself out because I think that's the, it's the, whatever we're doing up here in our heads, that is actually the cause for us to bomb or to go up on lines or to forget stuff because we, we get in our own way. Um, and I had to learn that early because I still get nervous, but it doesn't take over me the way it used to. Like it, it doesn't make me forget a line on purpose. Like I've done that. I've known the line and I've been so nervous about it. And then when it's my time to say, it's like, it's gone. And it's like, I just had it. How is it like, I know I know it. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing. That's the biggest thing. Trust the work that you've done up until this point. All of it, all of it, even work that has nothing to do with whatever show that you're doing at the time, it all informs it and it's all supportive. So it's got me to a place where I can step on that stage knowing that like, I got it. I, I like I like that. I like that piece of it. Like, you know, just knowing that you have it, knowing that you put that work in and you know that folks are going to do their stuff, like every like mm -hmm. scene partner production, all of that. And, you know, one of the things I've, I'm, I'm, I have a terrible memory, right? You know, mm -hmm. it's in certain things and it comes to like, I'm, I'm more improv improvisational where I can just like, let me go off of here. I mean, I know I kind of botched that question. Let me flip it. Let me make it, make it work, make it make sense. Mm -hmm. um, but in times where I have to remember something or I have to go off like the, the you know, like off of some semblance of memory, it just, it feels too refined. Um, I, mm. I, did a, I did a panel um, and I was introducing a, a series of short films and I practiced for like three days. My lines, I recorded them using this audio and I was playing them back. Like the thing from uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm doing that, right? Yeah. And as soon as I got up there, sweating, forgot the whole thing. And I was like, <gasps> and it is probably like, 300 people there is most people I've been presenting something in front of. And I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm going to work on what I know. What can I do? I can be moderately charming and I'm, I take up a lot of space. So I could just like flash my arms around and all of this, make it look like, <laughs> something for you to see. but ultimately my, my job is chiefly to, you know, introduce these films or what have you and welcome folks here. So I had this nice thing prepared, forgot it remembered it afterwards which was really funny and um and, and was, was able to make it happen was able to accomplish that sort of mission so definitely i want to get this this insight for you from you you know and this is one of those sort of gems right is there like a tactic that you utilize to remember lines to remember just certain things like is it just 
repetition? Is it, you know, you're, you're doing this? Is it, um, you're recording this somehow and doing what I did, um, and, and failing at it and you're not failing at it, but I did. <laughs> what is, what is that, that tactic for you? Yeah. Someone asked me this recently. I don't have a technique in which, uh, like a memorization technique. I'm actually, I'm good at it. Like I, and I, and I, and I really, and I was trying to like say, but I, <laughs> listen, some people have, like, some people just have certain skills that they're like, just naturally really great at. Um, uh, yeah, I don't record lines. I have friends who do that. I can't, I cannot sit at a page and just memorize, 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 and then have it memorized. Like I've done that before self tapes that I waited to the last minute to do and just been like, fuck it. Um, can I? Okay. <laughs> and just been like, whatever. <laughs> uh, and I'll like tape it up on the, you know, tape it up on the wall and just use that. Um, uh, but for me, I'm a very visual learner. So I have to like see the thing I have to like, and I have to like, like it has to move through my body. So when I'm doing lines, I'm, I have to be doing something and that actually helps it stick. Then if I was sitting here reading for out, like I could sit here and read a script uh, aside for like 30 minutes and I'll probably remember like half of it right away. But like if I'm doing it and I, I've, I've seen it or heard it and I'm doing something, I can come back to it. As long as I know the story, like if I know the whole thing and I'm getting certain parts and like pictures or whatever, I'll remember it. Cause I'm like, oh, the story, if I go, if I lose something, I'm like, oh, but I remember this. And that's how I did it with the last gig. Um, and, you know, as an understudy, I was covering two roles. So you don't know which role you're going to go up on, but you need to know both sets of lines. And in some scenes, both of my characters were speaking to each other. So that was also like weird. <laughs> so it's like, I can't sit there and just like read it. I have to. So watching the rehearsals and, and all that stuff, like I stopped bringing my script um, early on in the process. And my, my other castmates were like, are you off book? And I was like, oh, yeah, I think so. I mean, we've seen the run twice already. I think I've got it locked in. Um, that's how that works for me. I got to like breathe it. I have to like live it or see it. Mm. Um, but I know that doesn't work for everyone. It's just like how your brain works, I think, is, is finding what that that tactic is. Um, but that's mine. Yeah, That's good. That's good. And, you know, I, I think when you're adding something that you're, you're learning something else for, for instance, um, you know, I was sharing a little bit and it gets, this is another one of my patented segues. I was sharing a little bit about how, um, I'm, uh, doing some of this education stuff now. Right. And concurrently, you know, for the last two months plus I've been studying Japanese and trying to learn Japanese and yeah. now I'm able to go through, go through like some of the Duolingo courses. And, um, but it's like, I spent a lot of time doing it. It's gamified, but also it's just like, oh, right. Now I'm just watching anime without the the, the dubs, you know, it's just straight like nice. subs or even watching like Japanese wrestling and not looking for the English feed, just looking for the regular mm -hmm. feed. And I'm picking up probably five to 7% of it, but I'm like seeing that sort of growth. So that concurrent with, really having to articulate sort of the whole podcast journey to a group of high school students. It's like those things are going together, thinking about it in a different way and kind of, I, I guess, revisiting things that I know, like, you know, you, you, you're doing something for a while and it's like, 
you know how to do that, right? And it's like, no, mm-hmm. they haven't. <laughs> and mm-hmm. being able to mm-hmm. learn something, but also be teaching, it makes me change my approach a bit, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So for you and, you know, being in this, this, this role where you're a mentor, you're, you're supporting folks in their journey, talk about like how you're at this stage within your career and you're, you know, you have debuts, you're, be, you're being understood coming, coming in two roles. You're just talking to yourself. I don't know. But um, <laughs> talk about how, you know, sort of your experience has, you know, impacted how you're, you're being a mentor and supporting folks in their journey. I feel like it's easy for me to share because I, I, I'm, I'm doing, yeah, I'm doing things, you know, um, and maybe it feels more accessible to uh, uh, to tap into what um, those who are coming up um, behind me and or with me um, may be feeling yeah. or like where they are in their journeys. Like I can remember, like it was like, cause like, like I'm very much in the beginning of my, my career, right? Um, sure, I've been doing it for over a decade, but I'm very much in the beginning in terms of like whatever, what what I envision for myself, <laughs> you know, in, in, in terms of success. Um, but when I do meet youth or when I am mentoring or because um, I mentor with a, or I was mentoring with a, a nonprofit organization for stuttering youth. Um, and when I see them and when I hear their stories and when we create together, I see myself, I see myself and I feel like it's easier than, or it, it just feel, it, yeah, it feels easier to just relate to them and to be open and transparent about like what my journey is. Um, I don't ever try to uh, make it seem like it's, oh, my uh, thing's about to die, sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I never tried to make it seem like one, I have all the answers and I love to say, I don't know. Um, that's just being honest. Um, and so I think because I'm, I'm a student still and will continue to be, I think it allows me to be a great uh, resource for, for people who have questions and or mentor and someone who can be supportive of someone else's journey. Um, Cause I'm very much that still. Yeah. yeah, I think it's it's always being, you know, when you when you're not so far removed from it or always sort of revisiting it, you, you're you're still having that mindset of I want to learn, and it's this thing where I only know a little bit more than you because of experience, but we're coming from a similar spot or what have you. So when I'm talking about sort of doing this and doing it for as long as I have, I'm like, hey. I can be a resource, you know, Absolutely. And, and it's like, look, learn from all of my mistakes because I've made a lot of them, but mm-hmm. also, you know, being flexible and being open to say, no, that's a good idea. You should do that. And being encouraging in a way, um, because, and I would imagine, you know, with a lot of creative folks, when, you know, you hear that sort of piece of criticism or something that's, you know, being perceived as criticism in those sorts of relationships, especially that could lead to someone just like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore then. And that's something that like when someone comes to me for like some, you know, feedback or sort of like, what do you think about what I do? I that's why I regard doing this is very important. You know, doing these interviews, what have you. A lot of times these are people's first interviews and it's like no one's ever considered me serious. No one's ever considered my work to be worthwhile. I'm like, well, I do. 
let's talk about it, you know, mm-hmm. and just trying to provide that. I take a lot of pride in that. And I take a lot of responsibility in that as well from my side of the, you know, the 2% that I'm providing and providing that sort of platform. And I, I it's, it's a version of mentorship in my, in my, in my opinion. And then I see, you know, folks who have been on here that to go on to do really cool things and they'll reference, like I did this interview with Rob, like a few months back and this person found me out or I sold some work or someone's like, here's some funding or what have you. And mm-hmm. it's, it's cool. And it's again, like we were talking about earlier, being around, being in sort of conversation and within that scene with with folks. So I got, and it's, I'm, I'm sorry. I know you have another question. Hold on. Wait, let me grab my, my thing is right here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but also I wanted to say that it's also like, wanting to be the very thing that I needed at one point when I was coming up, right? I mean, I had mentors and I had people who like, you know, poured into me and was able to help me on my journey. But there are things that I did not know that I should have known, (laughs) right? Especially when working with different institutions and things like that, that are supposed to be preparing you for the real world. Um, (laughs) And I found that I was like, oh, there were a lot of gaps there though um and so if i can be a source a resource and if i can um help someone out with things that they should that everyone should have access to i'm definitely the first one to be like yeah me is, <laughs> is, <laughs> is there something that that comes to mind in that vein because you know you, you got some success i see the you know hillman grad mentorship you know I, I see a few different things here and then we talked about a few earlier but is, is there something like that, that comes to mind that, you know, you really wish, you know, it could be something that's simple, but something that you wish you knew earlier that whenever you're mentoring someone, you're like, this is like the first thing I tell y'all now, like me is make sure the mic is plugged in. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, know your lines. Um, <laughs> never <Well>. one. <laughs> well, I mean, for real, like depending on what you're doing, like you don't like you never, you, I, I feel like I always want to make sure that what I can control that's what it is. What can you control in this situation? Ask yourself that. And whatever like the first like top three things are, handle it. So for me, it's like if I'm going into a new space, if I'm auditioning or whatever, it's like, well, well let's say auditioning because everyone knows what that is, right? And and what that feels like. And that's the beginning of a lot of people's journey. Um, what do you, do you have control over the adjudicators in the room? Do you have control on their thoughts? But they want to, you have no, no control over casting whatsoever. You don't even have control over what time you'll be seen, right? But you have control of being early to your call time. You have control of knowing all your lines and you have control on taking a breath and taking up space. And so for me, I would say, yeah, focus on the things you actually have control over. And another big thing that I wish people would have told me is don't be so quick to get representation right out the gate. That's good. That's all I got as as of right now. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Uh, yeah. Because you know, and and before we go into this sort of last like real question, and we got some rapid fire questions. You didn't you, you didn't you didn't avoid those. Um, you know, whenever I have to speak in front of a group of people, I always think that I'm bombing. I used to do um. I used to do like ads for events I was doing, and I was like, "Come watch me bomb live," and I and I it would be, I would make it into a joke that you know, sort of like the gallows humor. It's just like I'm uncomfortable, but I'm still going to do it. That's the thing. I'm still going to mm-hmm. make it happen, and it matters to me. As you you touched on, I'm g- really glad that you said that. Um, 
because I think a lot of people just like, why are you nervous? And like, cause it, cause it matters to me. And I was like, there are people like, you know, one of the things I was able to go to this, this past summer, I was able to see Beyonce in Detroit and, you know, see the, you know, Renaissance and all of that. And it was great. And I remember my partner was like, you know, do you think she gets nervous? I was like, yes, yes, I do. I'm, I'm confident she does. And cause this, this matters. She's having a great time. And this is spectacle. This is like, this is like an experience. And I'm saying that, you know, cramped in a seat in in Lion Stadium (laughs) with some weird European people behind me. I didn't understand what they were saying. I was like, I want to listen to their podcast. Um, It was great. And I was like, all of the glitter and all the rhinestones. I was like, you're making a moment. So yes, it matters. And I think when, when folks look at it, you know, all of the stuff that they're doing, something from that sort of scale and the, the grandeur and the size of that to something small, like, you know, smaller rather doing like community theater or even a, you know, a lowly podcast, um, you know, you put, put your effort into it and to, you know, as you said a moment ago, you control these pieces of it. And I've said this a lot, you know, and doing this podcast, I can control being prepared for it, having the sort of platform. I can't control if the guest doesn't like me. I can't control if the guest doesn't show up. A lot of people just don't show up and either literally or just with that energy. But you have folks that show up and they have the right energy and they're like, oh, absolutely. I've been looking forward to this. It's magic. Mm -hmm. It's magic. Mm -hmm. It's a really enriching conversation. So with that, I want to move into this last question. Um, And you you touched on a little bit, you gave a little bit of a tease. You're talking about sort of, you know, aspirations and all. Let's talk about like... You know, mm-hmm. forecasting, like, what do you, you know, maybe there's some things that are coming up that you're like, I might be able to talk about that. But where do you want to see your yourself career wise um, in terms of projects or types of projects that you want to do in the next like few years, next like three to five years or what have you? I know that sounds like an interview question, but <laughs> but definitely, you know, it's it's a thing that's that's there. Like we try to move yeah. in a trajectory. Yeah. Um, well, I'm not. I, I, I'm not gonna put a time limit on it because I don't want to pressure myself. But I also don't want to limit myself because, like, what I may say in three years could be tomorrow. You know. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely TV. Definitely, we're getting on with someone's series, uh, and we'll be also writing one. Um, that's the first time I've ever said that out loud in this way. I've said it to two close people, um, but I am stepping. I think I'm just stepping in more of like who I am as an artist and what I want to do, and just being less afraid of myself. Um, and definitely film. But the, the the first goal is to continue rounding out the team. So I'm talking with some people to kind of like complete my team that I have right now. Um, and hopefully that will help get into more rooms and make more introductions here. A big part of like what I wanted to do within like the year, well, honestly, it was before the year closed and I, I manifested it, was I did want to get on a New York stage. I felt like I this is my home and it's crazy that I have it. And as much work as I've done in D.C. and Connecticut and Philly and all these places, like I was like, I need to be on my home stage. So we did that. Yeah. Um, so now we need to get on these sets. Um, I definitely uh, want to move into TV and film. So that's the, the next order of business. So we'll see. Your girl is is working to get there. I love so. it. 
I love it. I mean, I did. I had a quick, I had like a really quick, it was in, during the pandemic too. So I thought it was like cute. Um, and it was, I had a quick spot on Godfather, Godfather of Harlem, um, a guest star. And that was like my first time really being on a set and like, you know, meeting people and seeing people. And I was like, oh, this is home. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. So more yeah. of that. When, when you get a little bit of that, that, that the first hit's free. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, but, yeah. I mean, you have those sort of like goals that might be goals for you. And, you know, one of the things like, again, I go back to the, the TV show thing. Right. And when I did the interview, it was right after the the dude, uh, Justin Fenton, the guy that wrote the um, the, the story that the, became we, we Own the City. We were doing the interview. And he was like, I just got off the phone with HBO. That was, he did HBO and did my podcast. That's and he mentioned it. And I was like, he's like, it's going to be a show. I was like, I'll be on that shit. That's literally what I said, just in the universe. Right. And in this last year, you know, I've had some, some cool things happen, but it's never sort of like, it's not like being ungrateful. It's always being grateful, but it's always like wanting more. And it's like, well, now I want to do this as well. So like I had like a signature coffee earlier this year, you know, as we're mm-hmm. recording this. And my logo is the one that's behind me and there's this visual and that's on all the bags. So I'm only the third, you know, person that this uh, coffee shop that's been around for like 20 years has partnered with. So when folks would see the bag, they'd buy beans and then they'd see my sticker on it. And they're like, you're the, you're the guy. And I'm like, oh, this is cool, but also uncomfortable. Where's my hoodie? You know, <laughs> but is it, it still uncomfortable? It, I'm I'm very noticeable. <laughs> yeah, six four. I didn't even know. <laughs> but this is the thing that's that's funny about it. Um, I don't like people don't recognize me, and I've lost a little weight recently. But people don't recognize me in person until I start talking. They're like, "Oh no, you're the guy!" Uh, wow, by your voice, that's a flex. Yeah. It, it's that's a, a flex. A little bit of a flex. That, that is a flex. Lean into it. Lean into the flex. <laughs> Some I love the, that for you. That's so cool. Some have called me the voice of Baltimore. And uh, <laughs> I, yeah, that's that's one of those titles that's been floating around. Yeah. Wait a minute. So I'm on air with the voice uh, of Baltimore. I didn't even know. I should have gotten it together. I should have come more. Okay, it's fine. No, you're great. You're great. I'm, I'm here. <laughs> I got to We'll do this again. We'll do <laughs> Looking. I did not know. Sir. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna need that. I'm gonna need that guest spot on this TV show. You're gonna be writing. I'm just saying. Anyway, Listen. I mean, if you need a tree in the background, it just you know. Just not right. a tree. Not a tree. Wow. <laughs> well, let, 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 me, let me close out on the real questions and move into these these rapid fire ones. Um. So now, as I always tell folks, don't overthink these. Uh. Okay. And it's kind of like what I said is what I said. You know what I mean? All right. So um, let's see. Do you have hmm, what is so I would imagine you're 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 it's, it's late nights, you're you're prepping, you're you're doing, you know, theater, anything, right? Like it's late nights and you need something good, you need something to eat, but it has to be good, doesn't have to be healthy. What is your go-to like, look, this is a long day. I'm gonna I'm gonna need like a frank. I'm going to need a cheesesteak. I, I don't know what it is, but what is that that go-to food item for you after like the long, busy day? It's just something that's delicious, but not necessarily healthy. But that's not healthy. That's so funny because my friends make fun of me all the time because my snacks be healthy. 
Um, die. Uh, what is the goal? Honestly, we could keep it. We could keep it. We can keep it real simple. A slice of pizza, like some good pizza. I'm, I'm still eating pizza. I don't uh, tend to. I tend to eat like more like vegan pizzas now. Don't make fun of me. <laughs> but what's funny is I'm. You're gonna laugh at me, but every time I'm like, I just when I go in on a snack, it's you. <laughs> it's usually the omega three blend trail mix. I can tear up a whole pack of them things <laughs> and just, and I know that's so weird. They make fun of me all the time. But yeah, no, a pizza is like the good thing. Like if I, I just need a good slice, which isn't hard to find in New York. Last time I was up, that was the first thing I did off the train. See? I went there, got a slice. I was like, I don't need anything extra on there. I was like, that's for back home and the commoners. Just give me a slice of cheese pizza. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I say commoners a lot. I say lessers. I say mids. It's a lot. I'm, I, I get very spicy when I'm comfortable. I get, very, I get even more spicier. Um, but yeah, when it comes to sort of the, the healthier but kind of weird snack, you ever, you ever see those? Um, I think it's like the white cheddar, like smart pop, like the low calorie popcorn. Yeah. So I'll take a serving of that and mix it with like raw cashews. It's delicious. Oh. It's a delicious combo. You get like the texture of the cashews and then a little oh. less cheesiness and the cheesiness from the popcorn. Okay. That's been a go-to snack for me recently. My, my girl loves the the omega-3. She's like, yeah, I'm eat this whole can. I can tear them up. And it's, uh, it's annoying because I'll buy a whole pack, fresh pack. And then the next day I'm like, where'd it go? Now I gotta go back to the grocery store. That's me and chewing yeah. gum at this point. Yeah. <laughs> um, gum? Yeah, that's me and like f- five gum, like like the chewing gum. Do you have cavities? Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 who doesn't? I mean, I mean, that's right. I did. I don't know why I asked that because I just, yeah, I'm sorry. That wasn't me judging you, Rob. I'm so sorry. And I just really get into it. It's just like you know, you one would think that I used to be a smoker because I'm chewing so much gum, but so it's like, but it's like, no, nah, I just need. I just. What need does that do for you? just be occupied i was gonna say it was gonna okay. sound really weird a second ago but i'm the, i understand yeah um do you have any superstitions when it comes to uh, acting no yeah. hell no because yeah. that would get in my way i feel like that would that would trip me up that would trip me up a little bit it would i can't no all right last, <laughs> last two last two um so you mentioned, you know, I'm very, I'm always curious about sort of the the habits of creative folks or what have you. How many hours of sleep do you get on average? Okay, not a lot, I, but I can add, okay, uh, let's see. No, I'll say I get, you know, I get like an average of six. I can get an average of six. Now, the last two weeks, I wasn't getting that uh, as we were getting closer to close closing and like going out with people. But when I say we closed on Sunday, Monday, you couldn't find me. You could <laughs> not find me. I was up under these sheets for like hours, knocked, you know, and usually after a show that happens, you just like clunk out and like your body it catches up to your body finally. And you're just like, out. either you get really sick or you like just need sleep. But I still average about like five to six hours. You're you're uh, that's that's the numbers I was at for a little while. Uh, I'm finally getting close to that seven or eight. But this is the thing that's the caveat. When things are like going weird, I find myself like sleeping in the studio more. Like I have the home studio, mm-hmm. and 
I'll just bring a blanket in here, have like the wild body pillows. I'm like, yeah, I'll just watch television here or watch a movie. And then it's just not o'clock. I'm gone. Yeah. And I'm like, nah, I got to actually sleep in the bed, bro. This, you know, sleeping in your studio artist thing doesn't work. You have yeah, a house. Play your body, but also like your body. Yes, you got to be stretched out. So this, this is the last one I got for you. Um, okay. I am wearing one of my favorite colors. I love burgundy. I love ox blood, I'll call it, or blood of my enemies. Yeah, it's um, a good one. Oh. Do you, have, do you have a favorite color? And if so, what is it? Yeah, right now I'm on purple. Like, and I never was on purple like that. Blue used to be my thing when I was a kid up until, like, young adulthood. And I think it started off as a kid because I was, like, being, like, to pink like you know it's like don't put don't push that up on me so i'm gonna go blue um very basic but um i love all different shades of blue um i'm a this is my birthstone i have a blue sapphire ring that i wear all the time um and i just love it um water all that it represents um spiritually as well uh but i'm on purple right now i'm on purple Purple's royalty. Blue blue has shades of royalty as well. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's also just linked to a lot of people in my life um, who've had an impact on me. Purple was their favorite color, and I've lost a few of them. So it's just been very present. Yeah. Fan homage. Um, that's pretty much it. So um, <gasps> yeah. See, I made it through the rapids. You made it through the rapid fire. People get nervous about it. It's just like, look, you're gonna get through the cauldron that is the rapid fire portion of the podcast. Um, but I also I wanna wanna close out and and say thank you for for making the time again to to come on. And I want to invite and encourage you to share with the listeners where they can check you out on the social medias, the websites, all of that good stuff, um, to kind of stay in touch with what you got going on. So um the floor is yours. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thanks for having me. Let me first say that. Thank you for having me on. It was a great time. I had, I had fun. Um, yes. Where y'all can find me? Well, I really be in hiding, y'all. Um, but if, if you want to see <laughs> what I'm doing or what I've done, um, you can find me on Instagram. <laughs> Shayla V. So that's S-H-A-Y-L-A underscore V-I-E. Um, but that's really the only social media I have. I mean, I have Facebook. It's my name. But I don't really be on there. Um, so, and that's it. And I don't have an actor's website because I'm a rebel, whatever. Instagram, that's where you'll find me. That's where I be at. There you have it, folks. I'm going to again thank Kashana Johnson for coming on and sharing a bit of her story. And I'm Rob Lee saying that there's arts, culture, and community in and around your neck of the woods. You've just got to look for it. Oh,